Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. In this edition of Hoopsology, we welcome NBA TV, TNT host and sideline reporter, Christian Ludlow. In this great chat, Christian talks about her first basketball memories, returning to the sidelines, the new NBA rules changes, the Golden State Warriors becoming the best team in the league, and a lot more. This is a great chat, uh, but before we get to our talk with Kristen, first get in touch with the show through Facebook and Twitter and leave us a review on iTunes. If you have any feedback or questions, please email us at hoopsologypod at gmail.com, and we are a proud member of the OTG Basketball Network. And now, Kristen Ludlow. She is an NBA TV and TNT host and sideline reporter. We welcome Kristen Ludlow onto Hoopsology. How's it going, Kristen? Hey, good. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate you coming on to the show. A big fan of your work on NBA TV. Um, I think you're one of the the, the the big bright spots just in basketball culture overall. So I appreciate oh, you coming on to the show. Goodness. Thank you. I will slip you a 20 for that intro. Uh, <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, thank um, you. That's, that's very kind. So, Kristen, we asked a lot of our guests um, their first experience with the game of basketball. So oh. I want to ask you either your first experience with the game of basketball or your favorite basketball memory, whatever you prefer. I love that question, and I love that you start there because I was – eight years old when I started playing basketball. Uh, my parents met each other playing basketball many, many years ago. Um, and so I was raised in a household that loved the game, uh, but I also happened to be the height I currently am, which is close to six feet tall by the time I was about 12 or 13. So it was a natural fit for me on the basketball court. But I did start as an eight-year-old on the yellow team at the YMCA. And my mom and dad were the head coach and assistant coach. To this day, they still kind of go back and forth on who was the head coach, who was the assistant coach. But either way, we were the yellow team and I was the only girl on the team. And it wasn't just because I was their child that they had all of the offense run through me it was because I was like a clean foot taller than every other eight-year-old boy at that point oh, wow. uh, that's <laughs> why the offense ran through me so that was my very first season playing the game and it also happened to be right around the year that the movie Space Jam came out and so uh. all of a sudden I could see this this Lola Bunny who's like this oh wow she's she's very pretty and she also plays basketball and and so I could see that on the screen and you know all at once basketball became a very cool thing to love when I was in first or second grade and, and so I had Lola Bunny on everything my folders my pencils my backpack and that was my very first season playing the game and from there on I, I mean it was it was all year every year uh, through college. And, and I knew that I wanted to do something in or around the game of basketball. I didn't specifically have this in mind, uh, partially because it would have felt out of reach, frankly. Um, but I knew that I wanted life to revolve around the game of basketball in some capacity. And it started then when I was eight years old. So Chris, I was just want to ask you since you know, you're, you're pretty engrossed in the game from the young age 
what do you think, you know, now does being in a broadcast position, what things have you observed as being a fan of the game and covering that you have seen through the, the evolution over time that, you know, you wish that it could change in terms of rules or just how the presentation of the game or things that you watched, you know, on TV when you were younger that you wish were more implemented now as a fan, that could be the WNBA, the NBA, um, or anything that you wish that maybe uh, that captured your attention when you were younger that you wish maybe now that, you know, fans were seeing. Nowadays. Yeah. I will start with what I would have loved to see when I was younger that we do see now, which is women in and around every position in the game of basketball. And I don't mean the position on the court. I mean that like when I was a little girl and looking to be involved in the game, the WNBA didn't even exist. You know, like the, the, the WNBA itself is only 25 years old. So, you know, for the first, what, when I was eight, that was the first year that the league itself had been conceived. So, you know, I mean, to think that playing the game was a, a feasible <laughs> career um, would have been unfathomable when I was a little girl. Um, now, it's not just that you can play the game, it's that you can broadcast the game in every position, by the way, play by play as an analyst, you know, sitting in the studio or, or going live to the games and perhaps reporting from the sidelines like I get to do or, or, or sitting in the booth like, like Doris Burke does, you know, or if you want to be a, a coach in the NBA or in the WNBA, or if you want to be a referee in the NBA or in the WNBA, it just seemed, I have to use the word again, unfathomable when I was a little girl. And to watch the ways in which women are in every aspect of the game now is such a stunning thing to see. Um, on the flip side, I think what I would have assumed when I was little and what I have unfortunately learned as an adult covering the game, you assume that everyone who plays the game at the highest level wants more than anything to win. That's the way that it's branded. That's what we're taught to believe when sure. we're learning the game. But instead, as an adult, I realize there are a lot of other elements of the business itself. You know, there are a lot of people, <laughs> by no means do I fault them, who fall in love with the paycheck that it brings, with the influence it brings, with the position itself that it brings. And so to get a chance to watch some of these guys that now that I've had the opportunity to be behind the scenes and, and, and learn a lot of what makes them tick, both on the NBA and WNBA um, sides, but more so in the NBA because I've covered it as a sideline reporter and had the opportunity to be at practices and at shoot-arounds on, on the mornings of game days and, and in these meetings with their head coaches prior to these nationally televised games. Um, there are not as many as I would have assumed that care more about honoring the game and winning that night uh, at all costs. And it's made those guys far more special to me because when I was little looking up, I would assumed it was everyone. But as an adult looking out, I recognize it's a select few. And those, because I've had the opportunity to see it from the inside, those have become my favorites. Has that affected your love of the game just in terms of when you were younger, you know, like you mentioned, and I, I share that same sentiment. You think everybody wants to win at all costs, you know, every yeah. single game. And then you get older. It's like, it's more of a business. It's a job. I mean, yeah. and, and, and 
you know, it hasn't affected my love of the game. It has, though, affected my fandom. <laughs> and perhaps teams or players I would have rooted for before or even while I was growing up. Um, it's changed the way that I root for the game. It hasn't changed my love for the game itself because the game itself is the same game that I fell in love with when I was eight years old. But it certainly has changed my fandom. Kristen, I want to ask you just a question about, you know, the fans returning to NBA arenas, things getting back to normal from just a sports perspective of having full capacity. What has that been like for you? And from you know covering the league now compared to the pandemic, I'm sure you've been asked a billion times about just covering the, covering the league during you know the pandemic period, the bubble, and then the season following. But now just with fans being back, what has it been like for you? Has it been like a fresh, a breath of fresh air or do you, has it been a little bit of more of an acclimation period? What has it been like for you just seeing the NBA kind of transport back to kind of 2019 in terms of this having, you know, the fans back in the arena? I will tell you, I have been asked similar questions often, but my covering the league through the pandemic was very different because I was pregnant during a pandemic. And so I didn't go to the bubble. I had not been in an NBA arena for an entire year when I returned in the spring. So I, just a few weeks into the pandemic, um, you know, you're, I'm navigating not only this pandemic we know very little about, but pregnancy during a pandemic and recognizing that now my health and the health of, of my baby boy are going to come, you know, far before and far ahead of, of, of covering a basketball game that we know from experience now can be taken away in an instant. And so all of my decision-making in that year, in the entirety of what was 2020, was based around being healthy while pregnant during a pandemic. And so I will say, I did not have the opportunity to cover games in these empty arenas or to do what so many of my coworkers did, the sacrifices that they made away from their families for these extended periods of time while you go and stay in a hotel room by yourself and, and have to turn in these negative COVID tests every single day in order to continue covering this game that you love, in order to continue being this bright spot during a pandemic where people so badly wanted to see sports back again. I wasn't part of any of that. So I don't really have the perspective that some of my incredible colleagues and coworkers have to go from the normalcy that was the, well, the years and years and years that led up to the pandemic, to covering games during the middle of all of it, to what it's like to be back. But I will tell you, having navigated pregnancy during a pandemic and, and figuring out even how much was okay, like uh, coverage from home, and then that turned into coverage in our studio again, but still very much valuing my health and the health of my baby boy above any of it, to go back out then 
in the spring to Milwaukee and to broadcast live from the NBA Finals as my first experience post-pandemic and post-pregnancy, by the way, it actually brought tears to my eyes. When I walked into the building and our set was set well above where the game was, it was set like in the, in the very top, the very top concourse. So like we could get fans in the background and, and kind of see the whole thing. When we walked into that space, when we walked onto that set and I looked out and saw the tens of thousands of people and, and then the footage of the tens of thousands of people that had gathered from all the surrounding cities to be there to watch the Bucks deliver them their first championship in Milwaukee since 1971 off the top of my head. But to watch that after what had been after what the year had been um it, it really did it brought tears to my eyes and and i haven't had the opportunity to cover um our tnt games from the sidelines yet this season but i am starting to do that again starting next week and so i will have the opportunity to tell you then whether or not i cried after my first hit but my own perspective is that of sitting and watching and waiting while I was pregnant from home, watching it all start to come back and see semblance of, of normalcy, but, but not really normal either. You know, yeah. like, and, and so to watch it all unfold from home, not knowing whether or not I would ever have the opportunity again to do this job that I like a whole lot alongside people that I love to, to get to do it again. Um, it was, it was a reminder um, first and foremost of, of how much we, we simply took for granted when it came to the game in and of itself. Um, but also the perspective that it gave me um, and the weight that it held uh, was a different one. You know, because because of all of the days that led up to being back in the building with those thousands and thousands and thousands of people, all of whom I know without having to ask had lost something or someone in the year that had been, it gave me, it, it breathed life into my lungs again. It, it was, it was stunning. It was, it was simply stunning. Yeah, I I totally understand your perspective in terms of taking the game for granted because just seeing, you know, no fans for so long and then just seeing, you know, the Knicks play the Celtics, I think that was close to opening night or opening night, I can't remember, but just seeing a Pat Madison Square Garden for a regular yeah. season game, but like a playoff game. Well, because like you start the, to think maybe we'll yeah. never see this again. I agree. You, start, you know, like you, you start to think, because in the beginning you think, okay, well, maybe it'll be a few weeks and then it's a few months and then it's, maybe this just went away. Like yeah. maybe that was it. And you start to think we might not ever see this again. And so to see it again, but with an entirely different perspective was, it, it was a gift in a lot of ways. Christian, I want to get your opinion on what's, what's going down in the game nowadays. Um, a lot of the rules changes has drastically changed 
how you know players are performing this season. We have a lot of surprise teams, in particularly yeah. in the Eastern Conference. What's kind of caught your eye this season so far? That's you know caught you off guard or surprised you um, that you weren't necessarily thinking entering this season at all from oh, a I basketball perspective. Yeah. yeah, first and foremost, I love it. I love the changes to the rules that have been made because. I think I've enjoyed watching the games themselves more this season than probably in the few seasons leading up to this one. Agreed. Um, just, just purely from the game's standpoint. I've never stopped loving paying attention to all that goes into it. <laughs> but the games, itse- the games themselves um, have been more enjoyable to watch, I think, this season than in any of the seasons leading up to them. Um, and just, I mean, kudos to the league and to the officiating crews for, for collaborating on really what was best for the game moving forward. Um, as far as something that's taken me by surprise this season, and perhaps I shouldn't have let it, because I should have remembered, like, Steph Curry always did this, right? Like, <laughs> you know, like, may, I should, maybe it shouldn't surprise me. But I think because he and I are only a few weeks apart in age. And so I think, like, you know, as I get older, I assume he's getting older. And it's like, okay, as I mentioned, I birthed a child this year. I can't even jog around my neighborhood. So I'm thinking, you know, at what point are the guys my age going to start being the guys that are, mm, they're getting on up there in years. You know, they're, they're not, they're not the young ones anymore. You know, like you start hearing that about the guys that are your age and you start to realize, okay, well, I guess I'm getting older too. And so I think it maybe shouldn't have caught me off guard, but it has, uh, Steph, like he's playing at not just an MVP level, he's playing at Steph Curry MVP level, which was like beyond other MVPs, right? Yeah. And, and to start the season, I don't think that I would have, and again, maybe it was a mistake, but I don't think I would have considered the Golden State Warriors this season among the few that could potentially win the West, if not contend for a championship. Um, And they are, and I think they're gonna. And again, maybe I should have said none of this publicly because it shouldn't have been something that caught me by surprise. And yet it has, here we are. Well, your defense, I think, you know, Warriors, they had a couple of rough seasons after, you know, the right. Clay Thompson injury. So well, let me say also yeah. the last TNT game that I covered pre pandemic was Steph's return to the lineup after in that 2019-2020 season he had been hurt you know the entirety of of the year mm-hmm. and and he came back and the last game that I covered before the season itself was suspended was his return and I remembered all at once like oh, this is what it was like here when Steph Curry was doing Steph Curry things. Because I don't know that apart from LeBron in Cleveland, that there is any more (laughs) spectacular (laughs) scene between like a fandom and its superstar than the Bay Area with Steph. Like it's, it is, it, it, like 
I mean, you hear me stuttering through trying to wrap language around it right now. There's sure. just nothing else like it. And, and so that was the last game that I had covered ahead of the season's suspension. And so you would think that maybe, but then, you know, it, the next season started and, and it came and went. And, and it seemed like maybe the Warriors dynasty was behind us. And, and for... I mean, by every measurable account, it may be the dynasty itself that was that stretch of five or so years that it was just assumed they would win the West. But maybe it looks like something different moving forward. You know, like maybe this is a team that contends that they're older and perhaps a little wiser. I'm not going to call them old because most of them are my age. So we're not old. Okay. But (laughs) (laughs) this may be something entirely separate from the dynasty that was. But I still think that there's a team out there in the Bay Area that can contend for titles. Yeah, I agree. As long as they have Clay Thompson and Steph yes. and Draymond, they're, they're going to be very formidable. Right. Yeah, because look at how good they are right now without Clay in the lineup. Exactly. Now he's, you know, so I just, I think they'll be the ones to watch. And again, if I had said that just a few years ago, it's like, well, yeah, obviously Steph and the Warriors are the ones to watch. But I think because they were quiet for a little while. We started to look elsewhere, and now I'm thinking, okay, it's time to pay attention again. For sure. Kristen, this has been fantastic. Thank you very much for your time. Please let our audience know where they can find you on social media, where they can find you on NBA TV and on TNT and any other projects you're working on for the rest of the year. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I'm easy to find on social media. I'm at Kristen Ledlow on all of the social media platforms. I do, though, want to plug that Channing Fry and I have a new show on NBA TV, a relaunched show on NBA TV every Friday night after the final buzzer called handles everybody can join the conversation using the hashtag handles that's the official party line but come hang out with us we're having a blast making this show um and i think that's that's all i can think of to plug i just appreciate you having me i appreciate you coming on to the show Kristen. thank you very much of course thanks again